Greetings and welcome to Retune Radio, a podcast for the uplifting and expansion of our human conscious experience. I am your co-host Megan. And I'm your co-host David. And today our topic is Vipassana and the wisdom we have experienced from our courses. Yeah. So we actually just got finished today uh, with one of our 10-day Vipassana silent meditation retreats. So we are fresh out of the course and uh, we have a lot to share about it. As always, been a really opening and just incredible experience. Mm -hmm. So to get started, um, do you want to share with everyone listening what uh, Vipassana is? So Vipassana is a form of insight meditation. Um, It was originally taught about 2,500 years ago by the Buddha. Um, And it's his method of self-purification to reach the stage of liberation and eventually enlightenment. But to put that in more practical terms for us um, as just normal people 2,500 years later, it's just a way of first quieting your mind down enough to, to really just be present in your body and in your sensations and then working with the body's sensations to get to the root level in your consciousness to find very deeply rooted just things that are buried down there subconsciously like the teacher Goenka calls them sleeping volcanoes that we have these things deep down inside of us that we've just buried for years you know something happens and you're like no I'm fine I'm fine and you kind of swallow it well whatever that experience was actually gets deeply embedded in your subconscious so the practice of Vipassana helps you to bring these things to the surface to work through them and get rid of them. It erupts the volcano. Yeah, it disrupts (laughs) the subconscious and the volcanoes erupt. So it can be really challenging at times. You go through a lot of emotions. It's not easy, um, but the the way that it's taught, it, it helps you to understand more why this happens and it gives you a solution to get rid of these issues or these problems that arise. And it also gives you a tool and a technique uh, via the breath and the body, the physical body, uh, via sensations to manage these eruptions. Yeah, and one of the things that, that we both really like so much about it is it's not religious. Like the teacher says, there's no rite or rituals, there's no ceremonies, there's no god or goddess. It's very scientific it's very practical and it's just how to work within the framework of your own physical being to just grow and advance spiritually and just as a human being. Mm -hmm. So when you arrive to the course, the first thing they do is you turn in your personal belongings, meaning you turn in non-essentials and in that case a non-essential would be your phone Mm. um any books or you know writing tools and your spouse (laughs) (laughs) 
This is Zen because you will be very tempted to distract yourself from the timetable if you have these things outside of yourself. Um, there's also, you know, no interaction with others. There's no speaking. Um, this is also done to minimize again that distraction from this inward uh, going focus. Yeah. So that right there is, you know, for us on our first course was volcano eruption one. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> looking at our attachment um, and, you know, I would even go as far to say codependency with each other and separating for the 10 days, not seeing one another for the 10 days. So um, to, when we talk about our wisdom of what we've experienced, this is now my fourth sip and it was David's fifth sip. And I must say I was more understanding of that moment when we arrived and it was time to separate compared to the first time or second time or even the third yeah definitely and what I want to say about that is um, attachment is can mean many things but the way that I understand it is the things that we grip to and I noticed that my gripping for you and your presence with me has has lessened. And in that lessening of that desire or need to have you with me, it comes more lightness and a little bit more um, freedom. Yeah. Did you experience the same yeah I would agree I mean looking back at the first course you, you kind of go into it not really knowing actually what to expect and then as soon as you arrive and you know they take your belongings you say goodbye to your significant other your friend whoever you go with or no one you know but you realize all of a sudden okay so now I can't speak and I can't you know I, I can't be near Megan I don't have my phone to distract me, so I really have to be present with myself. And the first day of the first course for me was really challenging because I just didn't expect it. You know, it's like these attachments that you don't, you know, intellectually that they're there, but until you have to actually experience what it's like to not have it, it's like, whoa, okay, like that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But at first, it's not interesting. It's like shocking and frightening, and it's really hard to deal with. But I would agree with you, Megan, that this course. Um, it's gotten slowly better each mm -hmm. time mm -hmm. and this time in particular saying goodbye to you is still sad because I love you and I'm attached to you and putting my phone down is hard because I'm addicted to it sometimes you know and it's always like oh who texted who called who emailed but it, it gets easier each time and I was really able this time to say goodbye and just say I know I'll see you in 10 days and I know that you'll have your ups and downs during the course just like I will but you'll be fine we'll both come out better for it and life goes on you know yeah and um just so everybody is listening knows that the the day that you arrive is actually day zero 
and then the next day starts the full day and that begins day one so day one until day 10 is your course and then, and then day 11 day you leave. 11 is yeah. when you leave so um when you arrive you you know take your precepts which are to you know hold morality and you know abstain from abstain killing abstain from you know substances and and killing and you know this does go for the life on the property as well um this is why if you've ever come to our house you'll notice that we capture bugs any bug and we set it free outside this is a precept that we keep in our life um abstaining from killing anything um we also (laughs) yeah we don't kill mosquitoes and we also don't um, consume animal products and um you know going back to the precepts then you you know you begin the course and the silence begins and from there each night there's a discourse with the teacher who has now um left his his physical body his his name is um you know goenka g or um sn goenka and you know there's so much knowledge in each discourse and one of the three wisdoms he discusses um, we want to be very clear on the one that we'll be sharing today. So do you want to explain what the different wisdoms are? Yeah, so essentially, um, you go through this process to cultivate wisdom within yourself. Um, and he says that there's three types of wisdom, like Megan said. The first type is called uh, Chintamayapanya, which is basically like wisdom that you have in your mind but it's intellectual. So like I could hear, you know, I could think of something super wise to say and I say it, but I don't actually experience it. I'm just saying it because I know that it's the right thing to say. Mm. Can you give an example? Yeah, like if I said, you know, if Megan was really sad because, you know, someone close to her passed, I would say, well, you know, that's how life is, and we we all die, and it'll be okay, you know? Like, that for me, that would be, like, Chintamayapanya, because I don't actually know that that's true, like, in my being, because mm. if someone close to me was to pass, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's okay, like, that's how life is. <laughs> so I'm, like, giving wisdom, but not actually coming from a place of wisdom. So it's mm. intellectual, it's, it's all up in the mind. Another version of wisdom is Suttamayapanya, which is the wisdom from others. So like you take other people's wisdom and you understand it again at an intellectual level and you can speak it, but again, you don't actually experience, you don't live this wisdom. So an example would be like, I could read, you know, a quote from the Dalai Lama that's like really deep and be like, oh my God, like compassion for all beings. (laughs) Yes, like love thy neighbor from the Bible, yes. But it's Suttamayapanya because it's someone else said it and I like the idea, so I'm going to say it myself. But I don't always love my neighbor. I don't always have compassion. So it's like a wisdom on the surface level. So what Vipassana works with is Bhavanamayapanya, which is the third version of wisdom. And what that is, is wisdom from direct experience. So what that means is you actually, through the body sensations, and through the breath and getting so in touch with what's going on in the framework of your own physical body, you learn 
a, a process of you know not reacting to thoughts, emotions, and different sensations, which gives you this wisdom from direct experience. So you actually learn to experience this wisdom and grow compassion from the inside, rather than someone else telling you how to do it or just thinking it in your head and being like, "That's a good idea. I'm gonna just think about that." The bhavana mayapanya is that you actually live in this wisdom, and it becomes a part of your being.、Mm, thank you for that. If you guys have any questions, feel free to comment below.、Um, it's a very broad topic, and it's very deep, but that's kind of、uh, the、right. gist of it, as best as I can explain it. Right. And so, what happens when you practice is, you know, the first. Few days, well, the entire time I would say, but the first, you know, few days is you realizing what a wild and, <laughs> you know, is a bit a bit mad inside your mind. How the thoughts are just. What does he say about the stenographer? Well, first he alludes it to like you realize that you're an insane person. You know, not to the point that you would go and like kill somebody, but but how your mind works from jumping from one thing to the next to the next. Oh, I want to eat a piece of cake. Oh, there's a Christmas song on in my head. Oh, what's Megan doing? Oh, childhood oh, memory. Yeah, it's just like your mind just <laughs> runs around because it doesn't want to stay present and focus on one thing. Right.、Um, oh, so yeah. So what Goenka says in one of the discourses is. Imagine that you had a stenographer that took notes of every thought that you had, <laughs> right? For eight hours a day, they work for you. They could not possibly keep track of all of the thoughts that you have. Like、right. they would, you just there's so many. If you just sit for one minute and try to focus on your breath, notice where your mind goes. It just jumps from thing to thing to thing. So it really the first few days, like Megan said, you just. Deal with the fact that you're trying to quiet your mind, and it's like trying to tame, like a, a wild、beast. animal. Yeah. And this came very <laughs> true for me,、um, in、uh, on day five. So、um, this course was a little bit different due to the precautions that were being taken by the centers for everyone's、um, health and safety, and so、um, you have a cell in your room, and it's you know basically. A very small space that is dark, and you sit with the door closed, and it's、um, you know your eyes are closed, and there's no sound, and it's very takes you deep, very quick, and so mo- mo- most of the time was spent、um, in the cell. Whereas in a normal course, running course, you would spend time in the hall and in other spaces. Where there's other students there's sitting、others. next to you, and you're in a big group with、right. the teachers. So,、um, you know, I found it to be very interesting. About day five,、um, I was、um, <laughs> very agitated. I was just in my cell, just so agitated. I couldn't sit still. I was very like sensation, sensation, like heat coming in the body, heat coming in the body,、um, itchiness, itchiness, heat, itchiness, heat. My mind was racing, and in that moment, I experienced the bhavana mayapanya, the wisdom of myself, that no one but me can agitate me, because 
<laughs> here I am. Here I am alone. And I've been alone now for five days. I haven't spoken to anyone. I haven't gone and done anything. No one has spoken to me and come to me. And and here I am so agitated. And I'm literally alone in this like closet by myself. So for me, that really came you know, strongly towards my mind and how my mind became agitated and that was influencing my body's agitation and how this mind-matter, mind-body connection is so real. And I, I know that. I teach that. But I don't always know that from my wisdom. Yeah, because we're not always in touch with because, our bodies and our minds right. the way that you can become during these retreats. And I was observing my respiration when I was agitated. I was not breathing or I was taking these little sips of air, like very unconscious little you know, sips of air. There's always a tightness in my chest, mm. some heat in my chest. And so I, I actually started laughing in my cell by myself, saying, it is true. I am the only one responsible. Yeah. I am the only one responsible. That's not to say that others don't come and make me feel agitated or in my space, I feel agitated from others. I... I, at the end of the day, have the choice how I'm going to respond. So ultimately, I am responsible. And that was my my big, uh, one of my big bhavana mayapanyas. Yeah. How about you? Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge realization, and that's like really really good progress on the path um yeah i would say for me my like wisdom from the direct experience would be on that same note you know it's like you go through highs and lows with your mind and your emotions uh via the mind or the body you know either a thought comes and it's either really good like ooh, yeah that sounds great or it's super bad or really sad or you get angry at someone from your past, you know? Or it could be on the physical level where you're sitting for so long and your lower back starts to hurt and it becomes so unbearable that you start to get frustrated. So like this back and forth between the mind and body does become really prevalent. Um, But what the practice teaches you is, and I really experienced it this course a few times, is when a thought comes and it could be either really good or really bad in the past I would latch onto it and just let it take me for a joy ride mm. or a non-joy ride depending <laughs> on the type of thought right but you know you hook you latch onto it and you'll just be like man I really don't like that person and this is why and then next time I see them this is what I want to say and then if he says this back this is what I'll say and it just grows into the story or it could be like "Ooh, Megan and I on our next vacation we should go here and then while we're there we'll do this and then from there we'll go eat at this place you know what I mean it's like the mind just takes you on this journey good or bad so what I experienced a few times is 
the sooner that you realize that you're doing that, that you're following this emotion or you're starting to follow this thought pattern, it's not that you stop the thought from occurring. It's just acknowledging that it's happening and that it's just a thought and that it will go away. It's impermanent, right? It's not going to stay with you forever. That draws a line between you and whatever this emotion is that's behind the thought. Mm. And that's really powerful. And it's not that it's going to happen every day now. And it doesn't mean that, you know, from now on when that thought comes, I can separate from it. But it does draw like a little bit of space between you and your thoughts and you and your emotions so that when a storm arises you know as he would call it like something really intense either good or bad this practice helps you just slightly distance yourself from it so you still allow the emotion to happen and work through whatever it is but it's from like a slightly further vantage point it's almost like you're watching it happen as you're experiencing it rather than just being lost in it or trying to stuff it away because it'll just come back another time. Mm. So that was a pretty big wow. uh, Bhavana Mayapanya moment for me this, mm-hmm. this time around. Yeah. One of the, the other um, big moments that I had came on about um, day eight and it's you know talking a lot about the volition of the mind and how most of us are acting from a an unconscious place out of patterns and reactions and in doing that we are oftentimes involving others and passing ourselves off onto others it's like we keep the good and we pass off the bad <laughs> and you know, a lot of that came to mind for me personally with, um, you know, this whole era of time that we live in with our technology and our information and our social medias. And when we share stories and when we come into contact with others, and it made me realize that when we make posts or we share stories, what is the volition of the mind at the time that you're sharing with others is it you know one based in fear or agitation or anger because when the person reads that message or they receive your message you're passing that to them or is it one of love and compassion and genuine desire um, of goodwill, of not harming others, of helping others, yeah. because that volition of the mind is so important, and that is one area of my life that I unconsciously act from, um, specifically um, in interactions with with loved ones and um, social media, and so I want to be very aware and vigilant uh, with my conscious mind state when I am sharing information even with these podcasts when people listen to our podcast where are you what is the volition of your mind so that when the transmission goes through and someone on the other end is absorbing it what is that frequency is it of love 
or are you making people agitated because you are agitated when we work from our body we get down to this sharp awareness and subtle awareness that we are <laughs> what does he call mass bubbles we are mass subatomic particles, particles. Yeah. and when you do these courses you feel this by little vibrations all over your body and we are frequency we are vibrational energy and we emit just like a radio antenna so what is your volition when you are on the platform to be received by others yeah yeah i mean wow yeah volition like where where i kind of worked with that word um it happened in the last two days for me is after you learn the technique and you've gone through the nine days on the tenth day you get the last meditation which is called the metta bhavana so again that word bhavana like direct experience Metta is loving kindness or compassionate love. So you learn a meditation technique where you first give compassionate love to yourself and then you send it out to all beings, others. May all beings be happy. And the main idea behind it is in order to do this meditation, you really have to have that volition of your mind that you truly wish for all beings to be happy and you really want to feel compassion for yourself if you don't have that volition and that will then there's no point of doing it so it kind of goes with what you were saying Megan because like if I'm just saying like I hope everyone's happy like yeah that's great you know but if your volition is truly from a place of love and positivity and like caring and then you say something like that and you send that energy out you can really impact others but also change your own life mm. in that regard and i think that kind of goes hand in hand with like you know before i speak what am i going to say and how is this going to affect others and what is my emotional and energetic state you know like what's my motive behind mm. what i'm saying or what i'm posting and you know that's why we talk a lot in our work about the pause right it's always good to check in and take these pauses because it gives you a moment to say like okay before i say this or before i text this or before i post this or email this or whatever let me just pause for a moment check in how do i feel and what i'm saying is this coming from a place of love and positivity or is it coming from you know negativity or trying to cause fear or whatever so yeah the pause is really important and, and this practice of vipassana really helps to slow down your thoughts and take time to pause mm. yeah knowing your intentions yeah. and having them show up in your body to guide you to know that answer definitely um yeah we get asked often um, 
you know, what is the purpose? (laughs) What is the point of going in seclusion for, you know, 10, 11 days and meditating for 10, 11 hours a day? And for me, I would say that the main benefit and the main purpose that I receive when I'm there is that it helps me remember who I am and what I am and that I'm not these thoughts, I'm not my physical body, I'm not the yoga teacher, you know, the retuned facilitator. I'm not the wife, I'm not the daughter, but I am so much more. And day-to-day life, I sometimes forget. And when you connect to yourself in this way, in this deep way, and you experience this mind and body phenomena you look at others and you know that they are that too and you go out in nature and you know that it's that too and so in being isolated you are actually unified and, and united with all really a nice way to put it Um, I would say for me a good way to explain it is it just gives a sense of clarity to oneself you know which could be another way of saying that wisdom of direct experience like it just gives you clarity of who you are of what why you are you know the purpose of your life what's important to you and also what's not important you know and we have sometimes these things of we have these you know quarrels with others and with ourselves and this practice really helps you to work past that and to find understanding love peace and compassion in a lot of these difficult situations Goenka calls them the vicissitudes of life Um, It just really helps you work through that stuff and just understand it better and come to terms and gain more clarity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. And, you know, just going back to, you know, the attachment, will we ever not be attached? And the answer is probably not. Yeah. But each course lessens that attachment and that gripping in all areas of life but it simultaneously strengthens the appreciation Mm, I like that and for me that is why I continue my practice and I you know we go each year and we maintain our, our sits and um yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add? No, I mean, I think 
that that says it well you know lessening the attachment um of everything you know whatever your biggest attachments are it's not like you sit a 10-day course or even a few and all of a sudden you're no longer attached to anything i mean we live in the world it is what it is you know we have our loved ones we have our stuff we have our friends whatever it doesn't go away you just gain an understanding of what it is you know so it's not like i'll ever be ready to lose a loved one but i have more of an understanding of that it's going to happen and that like it will be okay you know so and yeah appreciation is big too like you said it just it really does help you appreciate what you have and just the small things in life mm-hmm. and who you have yeah yeah so so ironically with the appreciation you know sorry i didn't mean to interrupt okay. um the course did last over thanksgiving and i remember on that day just feeling so grateful mm-hmm. for family and for this experience and for mm-hmm. you and just everything you know um so happy thanksgiving to everybody a few days later <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah just to you know elaborate on that as well is um this understanding of knowing that you know we have this impermanence to us all something that we are born knowing that each day we are you know moving towards it it's not something we think about very much yeah. because it's unpleasant um this course you can't help but think about it um you don't have control over your thoughts at least i don't at this time in my life and so things come up and it helps me to accept this radical acceptance of my loved ones knowing that we are all so impermanent can i choose this love and acceptance and compassion over my anger over my you know hatred or anger and that's my main emotion is anger and and i must say that it's it's radically changed my relationships it helps me to really embody that appreciation for for the loved ones that i have and for myself and it doesn't always happen right it's a practice but i am always aware that we are in an impermanent situation and it's changing it's always changing and others are changing and i'm changing and can i accept with love as well said so we would like to end with just a short meditation together so if you have something to sit on see that your spine and neck are straight 
just close the eyes and start observing your natural respiration. Check and see if your eyes are fluttering or only partially shut and try to allow the eyeballs to soften and recede back so that the eyelid closes completely. Breathing through the nose and exhaling through the nose. is there and come back to the breath in the nose. for joining us today thanks for tuning in and we are about to go explore a new town and spread our dhamma vibes around today so we hope you all listening have a wonderful day and evening and we will see you next time thanks for tuning in and uh, yeah we look forward to our next chat and peace and many blessings peace